welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace a need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 91 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you for joining me. If you struggle with emotional eating or binge eating, you are in the right place. I am a weight loss coach for physicians, and my expertise is helping physicians going from feeling totally out of control with their food, snacking at night, not sure why, feeling frustrated that they're not reaching their weight goals, to really understanding where that eating is coming from and finding solutions that are simple so that they can feel in control of their eating with a sense of ease without the struggle that we so uh, usually associate with weight loss. My background is that I am an obesity medicine physician as well as a certified life coach through the Life Coach School. Uh, I also have lost 55 pounds personally and have been maintaining it for a number of years. Uh, So I've been there. I know what it's like to struggle with this and not be able to find the help. And that's why I created Weight Solutions for Physicians. If you are are listening to this and thinking, oh, that's totally me, then uh, head over to the website, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Click on the work with me tab. You can book a one-on-one session for us to just chat and see how I could best help you. Or if you would like to look into some of my group coaching options, uh, which are going to be opening up again in the fall, uh, put your name on the wait list. You'll see there's a banner there at the top of the website right now. And you can just enter your name and email and I will let you know as soon as I get dates and more information lined up. No obligation, obviously. That's weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. I'll see you there. Today, I think you'll enjoy this show. What I'm talking about today is my own personal practical tips. So I'm laying down and kind of pulling back the curtain to give you a peek behind how I approach my own eating and my own weight. Um, And spoiler alert, (laughs) these past months through COVID and uh, some pain issues I've been dealing with haven't been the easiest months in my weight loss journey. And so it's give me a chance to really reflect on what I need to be doing, where I'm getting tripped up. And I thought it probably would be really helpful for you to hear how I'm approaching this so you can apply these tools to your own uh, weight loss journey. So let's talk about what's gone on in my life so you kind of know where I was. And first, I want to talk a little bit about perfection, because honestly, My tendency with this podcast is to not let you know and not talk openly about the areas where I've struggled uh, because um, like everybody, it it feels a little bit vulnerable. Um, And yet, you know, I was talking to my own coach and she pointed out probably hearing the areas that I do struggle with and how I approach them are is probably some of the most helpful stuff I can do for you. I think it's easy in social media, it's easy with podcasts to think everybody has just got it all figured out. And that's simply not the case for most people. I think 
there's still times that I personally struggle. There's still times where some habits sneak back. The difference with all of the coaching tools that I've learned and that I apply on a regular basis to my life is how I think about it. Uh, So what it used to be is when I'd have episodes where I'd go back to old habits of eating, I would think those thoughts of like, well, there I go again, like mess this up, never going to be able to do this. Uh, Why can't I stop eating this? All thoughts like that, which I'm sure a lot of you have experienced. The difference now is when I have times of struggling, it's much more of a problem solving uh, mindset I take. I don't get too wrapped up. I don't get too freaked out. It's just a bump in the road. And, you know, doing obesity medicine, I know that statistically, absolutely, we're all going to have bumps in the road. If you lose a significant amount of weight and you're maintaining it, you are going to have a bump in the road. More than one, probably. What really, uh, I think, matters is how you manage those. I think where we go wrong when we're focused strictly on diet culture is uh, we get into our heads when we have those bumps in the road and it leads us further astray. And then we end up at the point where we feel we've gone so far, it's going to be too much work to get back to where we were. And it just becomes this big, long lasting issue. You know, sometimes months, years, I've been there uh, where, you know, I lost weight started to regain it, felt so out of control and so unable to problem solve it back then that I it was easier to kind of put my head in the sand, like uh, stop weighing myself, stop recording what I was eating, stop paying attention. And then, you know, all the weight would come back, often more would come back. And then I would eventually get the energy to retackle it, but it always felt so daunting. So the difference now and with the episodes that I'm going to describe to you that I've been through recently, is it never felt daunting in that way. I never didn't think that I would get myself back on track. I always knew I would. And that's what these coaching tools do. It doesn't, these coaching tools don't make you perfect, nor should you aim for that. I think as physicians, we aim for perfection far too much and we we trip ourselves up. Uh, we're human. There will be human experiences We will make human decisions at times. But the difference and what I want for all of you is that you'll have the tools to then uh, make adjustments in a much calmer, much more methodical, much more compassionate way, rather than kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, which is the approach a lot of us do when things aren't going well. So let's go back to the beginning of January. At the beginning of January, I decided I wanted to set a new weight loss goal. So as you know, I've lost 55 pounds. I've been maintaining it and I've been very happy at this weight. I can do most things. I feel good in my clothes, all that stuff. But I still am, you know, a little bit overweight. I've still got some extra weight and I've been contemplating about losing some more. And so at the beginning of January, I decided, you know what, I'm going to set a goal for myself and I'm going to do it mainly just to show myself that I can, because the weight goal that I've set is, you know, I can't even remember the last time I weighed that weight. And definitely there's pieces of my brain that think I can't do it, or that worry I might not be able to do it. And I I really think there's power in um, showing, proving it wrong. So setting a goal, and then just keeping focusing, keeping working on it until I actually achieve it. So I set the goal, I set a due date for December 31st, and it's about um, 
20 to 30 pounds uh, lost is the goal I'm going for. And then I started working on it. And I was, you know, having some success, a little bit of a slow start, but working and kind of building up. And then two things hit. One was I started to develop this back pain. And I've talked about that in the chronic pain episode that I did uh, back in April, I believe. Um, So I started to develop this back pain. I had to stop running. It started to influence my sleep. Um, So I was trying to figure that out hoping that I'd be able to get it figured out fairly quickly. And then COVID hit and everything changed. And so we went from, you know, being pretty dependent on our routines, like my meal planning, the, you know, kids out the door, having some time to get my work done without children in the house uh, and getting my exercise in in the mornings, like all the routines that I normally depended on when COVID first hit, they kind of went out the window. Now, they didn't need to go out the window, but like everybody else, we were kind of floored by how our life changed in the matter of a week. And just the routines didn't seem to matter. We were kind of scrambling to just figure out life, having the kids home and all that. Um, And so I had this dual thing of COVID plus this pain. And so I had COVID affecting my routines plus the pain affecting my routines. And so through the COVID uh, months, the months where we were really on quarantine, or not quarantine, but um, like uh, social isolation, basically, it, it, I was starting to get that piece figured out of the eating. Um, But the pain piece continued to be an issue. And in particular, the sleep piece, the pain interrupting my sleep lasted for a very long time. And it really impacted me. I really like my sleep. I do obstetrical call. And I, you know, I'll get up for doing deliveries and things like that. But I don't really like the sleep deprivation anymore. I notice it more now that I'm older, it impacts me longer. And particularly in my weight loss journey, I've really noticed the impact of chronic sleep deprivation. And I am very careful with my sleep because it does impact my mood and it does impact food cravings and things like that. And the problem with this episode is I didn't have any control over this sleep. I was trying everything I could think of. And unfortunately, during the COVID period, things like physiotherapy and massage therapy were closed. So I didn't have access to additional uh, resources or support. So I was trying to do it all on my own and nothing that I was finding was particularly working well. Um, And so from a weight and an eating perspective, I was going through these uh, roller, uh, like roller coasters, not roller coasters, but these waves, like I would get myself sorted, get back to my normal eating plans, be eating well, and then just, it was so hard to care about the weight goal so many times. And so then I would start eating other food or um, as we started to be able to socialize a little bit in small groups, like we would have a social Uh, activity with friends and it would just feel like such a celebration that I would eat food I didn't normally eat. Um, But really, like when I think back to those months, what I remember is a lot of times I just, I didn't care. Like I had the thought of, I'll figure this out later. I just want to feel better. And I bet a lot of you can relate to that. Um, 
And so my eating was really inconsistent. So I lose a little bit of weight, regain it. It was just this bouncing up and down. Now, I have to point out that this is different than what I would have done in the past. In the past, I would have just kept eating. So the little bit of weight regain would have just kept progressing rather than adjusting back down. Um, and so it is as much as I, you know, have a tendency to judge myself sometimes, um, it is better than what it would have been, uh, you know, three years ago when I was trying to do this. Um, so throughout it, I always had the trust that I would bring it around. And, and I have. Um, and what I want to share with you today is what things were really important, what takeaways, as I observed myself, sorting this out and figuring it out, what were the main practical things that I think it's really important to focus on? Um, so that if you're in that same spot, if you've been struggling through COVID or struggling with anything else where it's impacted your eating, hopefully you can take some of these um, real life experience, practical tips and apply them to your life and see if they help, see if you feel better. So where am I now? Well, now I am in a much more sense of stability. I feel um, I have this sense of like, this is my normal. So I may swing away from my normal sometimes. Um, but when I come back to it, it's just calm, it's stable, and it doesn't take a lot of effort. So the, the normal that I'm always seeking that I can find because of the coaching tools that I use in my own life is this state where making the healthy choice is as simple as making the non-healthy choice, uh, where food cravings don't really get me upset. They come and go. They kind of, um, you know, wash over me like waves is how I often describe it. Um, and where I'm not constantly thinking about how am I going to eat healthy? How am I going to lose weight? I'm in more of just this flow state of actually doing um, and that feels really nice. If you've never experienced that, please know that it is possible. If all your weight loss experience is really struggling to eat the healthy stuff and struggling to say no to the unhealthy stuff, please know that it doesn't actually have to be that way. And I would actually say that way with all the struggle probably isn't the most effective way to lose weight. You can lose weight that way, but maintaining it is going to be hard because you're so reliant on the willpower to overcome that struggle. If you can seek the ease, kind of like what I talked about in my episode last week about just letting it be easy, seek the ease, relax into it, then it's far more sustainable. And it feels fine then. You can lose, you can maintain it for as long as you want because it just feels so simple and essentially effortless. Okay, so let's talk about what I did. Uh, I've got five points uh, that I worked on that I think you can take their take home points that I think uh, anybody could take and apply. So the first one I've kind of touched on already was keep trying. So at no point did I decide I just couldn't do it. Um, and yet I would have in the past. That's a difference in me as my current version versus the Siobhan that was really trying to lose weight years ago. At no point did I think I'd stop trying. Even when I knew I was making food choices that would not help me lose weight, I recognized that I was making those choices and that uh, 
I still had stuff to figure out and I was still working on it. And during the sleep deprivation part, what I was really working on, because there came a point where I honestly didn't know if it was going to get better. I felt I had tried everything that I could think of to try, and yet I was getting woken up uh, about every two hours. And sometimes those were like woken up and needed to get up for a bit because bed was just so uncomfortable. And so what I was trying to work on is acceptance and moving forward with my goals, even though I was always tired. And even though I was sore, I was just trying to accept the pain, accept the sleep deprivation as my current normal, rather than trying to fight with it and try to still make good decisions and still approach the goal um, with those situations going on. Luckily, the pain is almost gone and uh, (laughs) it's as close to a miracle as I've experienced uh, in that uh, the course of one Sunday in the afternoon, I'd laid down for a nap and when I got up, I thought, something is different. I think I can sleep better tonight. And that the, it was, I believe it was just a muscle and really deep spasm for months and months and months deep in my glutes. And it had released and it just continued to get better. And I was able to sleep better and it hasn't come back. And if you're wondering, what did I do to help it get better? It was getting my glutes reactivated. When I finally was able to get into physio, Uh, The physiotherapist noticed that my glutes on that side were essentially not firing at all. It was, I was using other muscles to compensate. So I was doing exercises just to re-engage the glutes and stretch out my hip flexors. And that seems to have worked. Thank goodness. So if you're listening to this and you struggle with chronic pain and you're still dealing with the pain, you have all of my empathy. (laughs) I, I... I'm so thankful that mine went away and I I really hope that yours has some improvement or you find something that works for you in the future because, man, it's tough. I have so much more empathy about for our patients that have chronic pain now. So number one was I just kept trying through all that. I just knew I was still trying. I kept the goal in mind even when I didn't care about it. I still kept it in mind and still knew I'd be trying. I just wasn't trying that day in particular. Number two was I got help. So I knew that this was kind of becoming a pattern where it's just going up and down. And I wasn't having a lot of success of getting out of it with the level of sleep deprivation that I was having. And so I hired a coach, I reached out for help. And I, I believe in coaching. I believe it's extremely powerful to live our best lives. And so I do invest in coaches um, throughout the year. And so this time I've hired a coach to help me with the weight. Um, And that's been really helpful because she's pointed out stuff to me that's really interesting in the set, you know, things that I talk about all the time. And I think I'm fairly good at what's interesting is when you're discussing your situation with a coach, you realize actually some of those thought habits are still there, like the beating yourself up. So what... um, I've learned and one of the things that's really helped is letting go of some of the judgment of not doing enough. I had a lot of judgment going on when we started to work about I just wasn't quite getting enough done. And if you'd asked me before I was working with her, if I was judging myself, I would say no. But it was through the process of actually talking to somebody in a coaching setting 
and saying stuff out loud that you start to notice these thoughts that are fairly judgment laden. Um, And so, you know, if you're struggling with essentially anything, I highly encourage you to find a coach to hire. I really do think it can be life changing. It can change so much stuff. It's changed my life for sure. I see it change my clients' lives. Um, just that that coaching relationship and those coaching tools can make such a difference. So I reached out for help. I realized, you know what, I could do this on my own. I think I could, but I think it'll be more efficient if I reach out for help. And so I made the investment of getting my a coach to help me with my weight goal. And it's been great. It's been helpful. Uh, number three was I cho- chose a mantra to help get my brain settled back down. So at one point, like my brain had just gotten back into those habits of being very food focused, very, very like kind of scrambly around food, almost a little panicky about food and a little confused. Like there was a lot of drama going on in my brain about the food. And so I just needed to choose a mantra to help settle it down. Every time my brain would come up with drama, I would just use this and settle it back down. And the one that I used, I've used in the past, and it works really well for me, is I'm just not that interested in food. And I use it at times in my life where that doesn't feel true. So if you hear that and you're like, well, that's not true for me, don't worry about it. Still try it. And just every time your brain brings up stuff about food, use that mantra and just say, you know what, just not that interested in food. And what you might find when you first start using it is lots of times in the day you're using it, it sometimes feels almost constant. I'm just not that interested in food. I'm just not that interested in food. But after a few days, your brain's thinking about food really settles down. And it just feels so much calmer. It feels like such a calmer space to live inside your head. And then the fourth tip is to work on developing commitment. So like I said, through those months, my commitment I knew I would get to the goal, but my commitment in those moments was really wavering. Like there was a lot of times where my thoughts were I just didn't care about it. It was hard to really like tap into the place where I really did care about it. Uh, And so I needed to foster uh, more commitment, really understand the why, get back to why did I have this goal? Why did I want to um, complete it? Why did it still matter to me? And then how can, how can you think about your goal? How can you think about the commitment that gets you just kind of fired up and focused right down? And so one thing that I've been using is using small weight loss goals, uh, just small pieces of weight, uh, and using a thought like, um, I've used this in the past, I'm going to blast through whatever numbers. So back when I'd never been under 200 and I had a lot of thoughts that I couldn't get under 200, I use that. I'm just going to blast through 200 because I realized my body doesn't know that number on the scale. That 200 versus 199 means nothing to my body. What's making me not be able to get through that is my mind. So using a, I'm going to blast through 200, that worked well for me. Uh, Using a thought of, you know, I'm doing whatever it takes to get to this next step. Uh, That's been helpful. Just it really fosters commitment to these small mini goals. And then the tip number five is don't engage in the drama. So like I said, I was 
there were days where it felt like I was in a swirl in my brain again, you know, confusion, overwhelm, feeling disempowered, um, being judgy to myself, all these thoughts. And that drama, if you engage with it, if you believe it as fact, when your brain is telling you those types of thoughts, um, like, I don't know what to do, there's too much to do, it's too hard, things like that were the types of thoughts I was dealing with. If you believe it and you engage with it, well, then yeah, it's going to make it feel harder. All of those thoughts make the process harder. What's better is if you can foster the position of noticing those thoughts, because they're still there, but noticing them as an observer, so you're not engaging directly with it. And then just let the thought be there and pass by without changing what you're doing. Uh, That helps a lot. So watch your brain, watch how you engage with your brain thoughts. And notice if you are engaging and um, participating in thoughts that are making you feel confused, overwhelmed, out of control, because those thoughts are not helping you and those thoughts are not a fact. Those thoughts are just drama that your brain's creating. And the more you engage with the drama with your brain, the more drama your brains will create for you. And most of those dramatic um, type thinking, the drama situations, they mainly keep you stuck. So if you're thinking thoughts are making you feel confused, like I'm not sure where to start. I'm not sure if this is the right plan for me. I'm not sure what I should be eating for my breakfast. Um, I don't know if I'm going to make it to my weight loss goal. Or you're thinking thoughts of overwhelm. I'm so busy during my days. I I can't make healthy food. Um, I It's too much work. The weight, amount of weight I want to lose is too much. All of those thoughts create emotions that then cause us to be stuck usually. So if you're feeling confused, it doesn't usually drive you to then go make a decision. It doesn't usually drive you to then do focused research that helps you make a decision if you need to. It drives you to just contemplate everything in a bit of a swirl. If you're feeling overwhelmed, it doesn't drive you to go start taking the steps to get stuff done. It usually drives you to go avoid the steps because you feel overwhelmed by them. So rather than engaging in that drama, observe it, notice it, acknowledge it, go, oh, there's, that's some confusion. My brain is engaging in some confusion. Uh, My brain's engaging in some overwhelm, but then continue on anyways. I can tell you tonight, this is a Wednesday night that I'm recording this podcast. I engaged in a ton of overwhelm (laughs) before sitting down to do this. My brain had all sorts of thoughts about, I've got so much stuff to do. Uh, We're leaving on vacation on the Saturday. And uh, I'm thinking about all the stuff I have to get done before that. Plus, I'm on obstetrical call. And I really didn't want to sit down and do podcasts. I wanted to just sit in front of Netflix is what my brain was offering. And so, you know, I engaged in it a bit. And then I realized, okay, that's not actually going to get me anywhere. All that's going to do is tomorrow I'm going to feel really overwhelmed because I only have two more days and I didn't get stuff done. And so the path of caring for myself was actually stepping out of the overwhelm and taking action, even though I didn't 100% really want to in this moment, so that tomorrow I wake up and I think, okay, well, I at least got that done. I've got some things done off the list. The list doesn't look quite so overwhelming. It's the same for weight. 
if you feel overwhelmed and you're sitting in a moment where you've been eating food, you know, off your plan or eating a lot of junk food or fast food or whatever, at that moment, it can feel so overwhelming to take the action of eating something healthy, like choosing a salad. And yet once you've made that first choice and you've eaten that first salad, then the next one is so much easier. It it builds momentum. So rather than engaging, noticing that you're, you've got overwhelming thoughts or confusion thoughts and just taking action anyways, so that you start building momentum in the way you want to go. All right, so those are my tips for how the main skills I've been using to get myself back to my normal where I feel calm and control, a sense of ease with making my healthy choices so that I can move towards my weight loss goal. Uh, To summarize them, number one is keep trying. So no matter what's happening, no matter what you've eaten, no matter what's gone on, just keep trying. Don't throw, don't assume everything's gone wrong. You just have to keep trying. Number two is get help consider hiring a coach, reach out. I'm happy to help uh, listen to these podcast episodes. Uh, Like I said, I've got some group programs coming up if you want uh, to do something in a group session. There's lots of different ways to get help for this, but reach out for help. Just make sure the help, I would say, choose compassionate help and help that'll really get you to figure out the underlying reasons for the eating. I wouldn't suggest choosing help that just is going to get you to eat a certain diet because I th- I think I truly believe that that's not the long-term solution but find the help that'll work for you number three is choose a mantra that settles your brain down find something that kind of calms your brain about food some sort of thought that you can just use over and over and over again until your brain settles down number four develop your commitment really figure out why you're doing this why it's important to you and uh, how you want to think about it that fires up that commitment and makes you stay focused. And number five is don't engage in the drama. Uh, Recognize when dramatic thoughts are happening, label them, observe them, but don't engage with them and take action anyway so you start to build that momentum. All right, any questions or comments, send me an email. I love to get emails info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Make sure I hit subscribe on the podcast. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you could take the time to leave a review. I know it takes a bit of time, but I read every one of them and I absolutely appreciate them. They help the podcast get found. And speaking of that, share the podcast. If there's people in your life that you think would benefit, uh, I love it if you would share it. All right, we'll talk to you later. Have a fantastic week. Bye-bye.